0: this little light
1: of mine i'm gonna let it shine this hello and welcome to flourish with me tiffany boyd I'm this is a podcast where we explore what it means to live with intention this i'm a mom to three beautiful boys a wife I'm a friend an entrepreneur shine. and so many let other things When my dad passed, I made a commitment to myself to live with intention. For years afterwards, I struggled with discovering what that meant. I felt uncomfortable giving myself permission, or even figuring out how to honor that. What I do know and believe is that where attention goes, energy flows. This show will explore what it means to live with intention, seek to inspire you, and bring practical tools through stories and interviews that you can use to change your own life. Thank you for joining me and this wonderful community of women as we raise our vibration, honor ourselves, and live intentionally. everybody welcome back to the flourish podcast i'm here today with one of my best friends in the whole world Lacey mclaughlin she is not only one of my greatest friends but she is also a female entrepreneur and she's run not one but two very successful businesses and she is a local professional photographer who specializes in family and portraits and newborn and weddings. And something that makes her super cool is that she has done so many uh, mountaintop weddings, like legit either hiked up the side of a mountain following a couple and or flown. So I'm so excited to have her here. And I'm struggling right now because what you can't see, but what I can see is uh, Lacey's really gorgeous and I'm not lying it is gorgeous pink house coat with a hood I am also in a pink house coat and I feel like that is just at the tone for this episode and it's going to be so much fun so Lacey thank you for coming on the show and I wanted to start first by just asking you to give us a little bit about your background and how you decided and chose to get into photography
0: well, thank you for that amazing intro, making me blush to match my amazing house coat. Um, And as much as this is like, many people would be surprised that this is out of my comfort zone to do this, because I'm pretty outgoing and extroverted. I do feel very lucky to be on this because I'm so proud of you and what you've created in this community, in this space. And I just think it's beautiful what you're doing. So I am happy to be here. As much as I might have hives under this house coats, so <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess how I started was, um, well, I, my plan was always well, I don't well, I shouldn't say plan actually. I've always been interested in creative arts. Um, it was something I thought about going to school for. Well, I was actually planning on going to school for it in two thousand and nine I was uh enrolled and I was heading I was getting ready to go and about six weeks before I went uh, I had this fork in the road up here and um I was went for a massage and I had like if you've had massage before or any kind of body work sometimes you have this like post massage high where you're just kind of like really out of it and I basically left and was like this is what I'm supposed to be doing like i should be going to massage school Uh, it had never crossed my mind uh, before that and so I went home I applied and I left for school like uh, five weeks later massage school so and it totally was where I was supposed to be it was um, it was great I really really love massage I still do Um, and then I moved home when I graduated about a month later and then I met my husband uh, and I started my own business doing massage and that was great. Um, and then I had my first child and I had gotten a camera for my 25th birthday, um, which I guess will be 10 years this December. I just figured that out. That's kind of some <laughs> perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I got my, I got like a DSLR camera. So like entry level camera, I didn't know how to use it at all. And uh, so my daughter was born, my first daughter, I thought she was the cutest thing in the world. So I just started taking tons of photos of her and I would see these things online. And I had like the audacity to think like, Oh, I can do that. Like, why can't I do that? Uh, Now in hindsight, like it, uh, the, the perspective on my whole, on the whole situation has changed so much because now I know the technical component of it. But at the time I was like, she's super cute. I can take that photo. So I just started taking tons of photos of her. Uh, and then through basically by the time she was one, I started having friends reach out to me and just say, Hey, like, you know, the group of babies that were all turning one at the same time, people wanted me to take some cake smash photos and some family photos. So that started. And then when my second child was born in 2018, we were on um, a family vacation in Hawaii, and I was kind of at another crossroads where uh, another I had another business opportunity um, that I was kind of working on, and I had to kind of make a decision because at this point I had two young kids, uh, a two-year-old and a baby, and I didn't have enough energy or time or resources to do it all and my husband Sean said like like where is your heart and i was like well i can see myself doing both and that's always kind of been my problem is that i like doing a lot of things but he said well in my opinion i when you get home from doing photos like you'll stay up and you'll go through every single one of them and i you're always so excited and you're always so eager to learn more and you're so engaged in it like you seem so happy when you're doing it and I was like you're right like there's an excitement in me that I don't feel uh in this other avenue and that wasn't massage it was just another thing that I was working on but so I basically started a Facebook page then that would have been like November 2018 and it just has grown from there and two years ago when we were two and a half years ago, we were trying to get pregnant with um, our third child, I had just found out I was pregnant and I decided I would take a little bit of a break from massage. So it's been full on for photography since then. So that would be 2019, I
1: guess. So That's amazing. And I have so much to reflect on that you've just shared. First, I just want to go back and reframe that word, audacity, because... <laughs> I feel like it was just, and I I hate, I don't hate is too strong a word, but I feel like what you did is you decided that you love something and you felt like I can figure this out and this can be something that I can do. And you went for it. And I think that's amazing because so often in life, we let fear stop us from living our passion because it's easy to quit before you try because then you never fail so i think that Mm -hmm. if you didn't have the audacity or let's reframe that to tenacity you'd never be where you are today and because i know you i know what a perfectionist you are so i know that if you choose to do something it's either going to be a hundred percent and all the way until it's perfect or nothing at all and i remember actually when you were in hawaii and you had to make that decision And what a big decision that was. And it's just so interesting to me how sometimes life just kind of lines up, especially when it's where you're supposed to be going. And one of the things I love about your photography, aside from it being tremendously gorgeous and you're so skilled, and every year you get more and more skilled and your photography becomes more and more beautiful, which is hard to imagine because I look at your stuff and I think it can't be any better and then somehow every year as you progress it gets even more gorgeous. But I'm curious as a creative person what that aspect of of the work is like for you, like how it fulfills sort of that creative expression, particularly when you're in a business where you're photographing or photographing. That's the word, <laughs> photographing. I like it. I like Photographing. That <laughs> photographing? <laughs> can you say that? Photographing, (laughs) photographing other people, because you're working to create something beautiful that is customized for every client that you have, that they'll take home and feels a unique expression of them. But you're trying to balance this unique expression of your craft and your art as well. And that's got to be something that's evolved over time. Also, I'm just so curious about that.
0: Yeah, honestly, it's, Definitely been something that's evolved and continues to. So when I first started out, I was very much recreating. Um, A few of my mentors and a few people that I follow have uh, reiterated this idea that there's no new ideas, that everything's kind of you're inspired or you're recreating something with your own vision, with your own spin on it. And but at that time, I was literally like, there is a cute baby in a tutu with this backdrop and I'm like I'm going to see if I can do that Um, and then with families and couples I would see things online and I would try and recreate it Um, and I'm a pretty outgoing social person Uh, I like I really love to connect with people's stories that was one thing that I love so much about massage is that they're in these intimate moments with people um, People will tell you things and share their story with you and uh, share things with you that like, you know, we normally just miss. And um, generally in my life, I am vulnerability with my my own self often scares me, but I feel like I'm pretty good at receiving it from other people. Um, and so so. I think it naturally just kind of grew from I would start go to a shoot and I'd have these like ideas or poses in my head like, "Okay, I want to do this. And then I would get there and like I would start talking with the families or the couples or seeing how they interact. And it would kind of just evolve into more of like capturing the family, how it's supposed to be captured and not like having them all sit on a blanket and like say cheese kind of thing. Um, And that wasn't something I really figured out that I was doing until recently when I stopped creating for, or I stopped going into a session thinking about like, what am I going to have from this session to like post on my website or post on my social media? Um, Because that's how I was never, even if I went into a session like thinking like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be a beautiful shot. Like I can use this, um, you know, in my branding or whatever. I never sat down at my computer and like started editing and thought like, oh yes, this is going to be a great Instagram post. Like once I go through the emotion, I'm just like smiling at my computer and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you can really tell like they're laughing about this joke that we had or whatever. So it, it basically just naturally happened where I learned that I was not just creating for me, but also creating for my clients. And I've also learned in the process that it's a trust between my clients and me. So a lot of people, well, I shouldn't say a lot in the beginning, a lot of people just hired me because I was cheap. For sure. Um, I was doing photos in a small town. There's not a huge network of photographers in this town. Um, I was just, you know, people needed a family photo or a Christmas card photo. Um, and as I as my skill has changed my and my art has changed and my brand I guess um I think people reach out to me for different reasons um because I'll get a lot of messages from clients now like hey and they'll refer to a certain session or I love the emotion or the candidness or that you bring out in your or that you post so now I think when people are hiring me they are hiring me because of they like my work, they follow along um, or they follow along. Some people they're like, I just really like, you know, like you seem really relaxed and fun and uh, your sessions seem easy. Or I've heard that it's really low key and you're not going to make me feel really like stressed out. So they're they're hiring me or they're investing in the art for what I am doing as well. So um, there's like a trust there where, when I go into a session and I know that a client like genuinely likes my work that they're going to trust me to create like something for their family. So it's still hard when I create a session and I feel like I've put in so much time and energy into it. And I I will worry every single time I send a session off. I'm like, is this good enough? Does this capture like the family, the couple, um, is this is this going to be true to them is it going to be good enough for them you know like I still feel like I'm putting so much of myself into this art that I'm creating for these families so it can be scary still too like every single time I send off a session so
1: yeah I love I love that about your work and I know because you've done pretty much all of our family photography and <laughs> basically every photo of me ever you <laughs> uh that i can speak to it as a client and i've got three rambunctious boys and somehow you allow my boys to run through a field completely untamed and capture beautiful photos and i literally don't know how you do it but i just want to highlight how because i think what it was coming through for me that i think is amazing about you that is a huge example that i just want to highlight is that there is so much space for everyone to come into and do whatever they want and when they truly bring the essence of who they are and what makes them unique that is the service that they have to offer and i think that's what you've cultivated in your business that now makes you unique and makes people want to come to you because you are expressing that that the yourself in the fullest way and it's not just about the technical aspects of taking a beautiful photo and understanding how to navigate the camera or edit it um, afterwards, but it's who you are and how you show up and how that interaction and energy works with the family or the clients that you're working with that then translates into a much bigger product. You know, the sum is greater than the whole, but it's all of those pieces, but it's you coming through in your fullness and in that, uh, that authenticity of who you are. And I think that sometimes um, we feel like, and probably like when you started. That there's sort of this gold standard and when we're not confident about who we are and what we have to offer we try to fit ourselves to that version of whatever we think that gold standard is in our industry and we do that because we're using that to validate and to sort of hold us up and present to make us feel like you know here i have something to offer and i am credible because of xyz these things outside of ourselves and really what really attracts us when you start to get into the magic sauce or that flow is when you're actually just being who you are and bringing those those things that make you unique and i know we've talked a little bit about this and i think it's a topic that's so important to discuss is that whole notion of imposter syndrome and what's that like and how it creeps in because i know for the people that know you that probably see your work from the outside they probably look at you and think like I can't even imagine ever even aspiring photographers having work like you. Um, But I know that no matter where you are, there's always sort of that next level that you're looking at. So have you experienced imposter syndrome? And what has that felt like as you've been growing your business and your skill and your art as a photographer?
0: It's really funny because just you even saying that those last couple sentences, I get this like weird feeling in my tummy, like she's not talking about me because like I there's there's still you know yeah you know this because you know me well but there is continual posture syndrome like how did I get to be here like I didn't go to school for this like uh am I good enough can I can I keep up can I yeah there it's constant um Even today, like I've been working on some sneak peeks for a wedding today and I have gone through those 40 photos so many times, um, just checking them, rechecking them um, and just like really wanting them to be perfect, but then also trying to just trust my instinct. And I think that's the biggest thing with the imposter syndrome is when I do get into like a spin of feeling like I don't belong is trying to just like get back to my instinct of like what brought me here in the first place. Um, Because I'm fairly uh, I like to plan um, and I like to have control over things a bit of a control freak or an extreme control freak. Um, I've recently been reflecting on how many, big life things have happened in my life that I didn't plan. Like for example, going to massage school or starting photography or meeting my husband the week that I declared that I was not dating for a year. Um, like these, these things that, so I really am trying to lean into that as hard it is, as it is for me to just be present and just like come back to the reason like that I'm here in the first place. And like what my intention is because at the end of the day, like that emotion and that happiness, when I send off a gallery to a client and they are like, you know, are able to, they say to me, like these are memories that my family is going to cherish like for our life. Um, that's the whole reason, you know, that I'm here to capture these memories for the, for these families and these people. And that's like, even if I'm not good enough to like win a contest or be a national geographic or whatever, you know, like that's not really like, that's not the deciding factor. If I can still create like timeless memories for families and capture true emotion.
1: I love that you've taken the time to define what success looks like for you and about redefining it as not something that's outside of yourself or sort of a societal, um, construct around success in terms of a specific accolade. But I will note that you have won contests, um, <laughs> just for, the, just for the record, let me set the record straight. Lacey has won contests because our photos are that good. Um, But what really drives you and what feeds your soul is really that impact and that service that you're bringing to the families and to the people that you work with and capturing those moments. And you do it so well because you really do capture the emotion. And I know it when I look back at my photos. One of the things that was really coming through to me as you were describing sort of these big life decisions or these big life changes that have happened when it hasn't been something that you've planned and how you've been able to go with it really speaks to this whole notion of sort of listening to and following your intuition. And I'm curious because this is something that I'm really big on, as you know, is that intuition is one of our greatest superpowers and quite often we dismiss it because it's perceived as, you know, not a hard science. Um, But I would, if I were to look back at, you know, where I have succeeded or done best in life. It's what I have followed my intuition. And I'm curious how intuition shows up for you, how you listen to it, how you lean into it, how you learn to trust it, what that looks like and how you incorporate it even into your business and how you make decisions. Yeah. So intuition
0: is something that I've always felt, well, I shouldn't say always that I felt that is been over like an overwhelming body like energy feeling for me so like when I feel I am naturally an overthinker and in my head a lot about things um, like I mentioned a bit of a control freak as well so when I feel like something is just right it's like a body feeling I don't know it's like almost like I can feel or see like a color in my body. I know that sounds a little bit wooey. um right place. It's yeah, it's um, and so recently I've I've been reflecting on when I trust my intuition and when I don't. Like we were recently on a house buying trip because we're building a house right now, and it was this house building trip uh, or this house build has been. Um, Very challenging for me. And I feel like it's a bit of a metaphor for my life uh, and a lesson, but um, it's been very overwhelming emotionally, mentally, financially. So um, when we were on this house buying trip, it was kind of like the apex of it all. Like we flew down away from our kids for a couple of days. We had a few days in the city to make all these huge decisions. And like I was paralyzed with decision making. And my husband said, like, I don't get like 20 minutes into Ikea. I had a breakdown and he was like, I don't understand where this is coming from. Like, you have such good instinct, like why, why aren't trusting yourself? And I was like, just like having him frame it so simply for me, like, it was just, it seemed so much bigger in my head. Like right away, I was like, felt like I was failing. Like I just couldn't pull it together. What if I made a mistake? And so I was, I really, honestly it's been on my mind for we've been back for two months now and it's been on my mind since about in these moments, why am I not trusting myself? Like, did I make a mistake? I've done a lot of shadow work in the last year up from, when I was a kid, on um, things that have happened, that these beliefs that I have. And so, honestly, I, I don't have a very clear answer um, on when I trust it and when I don't. There's different times in my life, I feel, or different areas in my life where I trust it more, I think. Um, I've really learned from being married to Sean, who is a very non-reactive human, um, cause I'm a very reactive personality that to just sit with like the discomfort of a decision before I react and before I make decisions. And that's really helping with my intuition too, because as I reflect on it, those decisions, these really big decisions that have just like felt so right inside of me, I haven't just like pulled the trigger right away. Like I've sat with them, um, m- maybe only for a couple days, but like, It's just like an overwhelming feeling of knowing, and it's not as much about fear about failing. Um, Like, that's not what the opposite thought is. Like, okay, what if I fail? It's more like, what are my other opportunities if I don't do this?
1: Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think that intuition is really just a relationship with ourselves. And it's something that you have to cultivate and build like anything else. And we often don't take the time to do that. And I think in many things in life, we're always looking outside of ourselves for validation and it takes Mm -hmm. time and energy and practice to start to trust our intuition and trust ourselves. And I think even feeling comfortable, like you said, not necessarily with failure, but So what if you make one wrong decision, you can change your mind later, like starting to just reframe what that looks like to give your permission to, to just go with what your gut says Mm -hmm. and have that confidence that even if it's a little bit off, the world didn't end, the sky didn't fall and you're still getting closer to having, you know, a stronger connection and greater trust.
0: Um, the perspective on the situation is really, Um, I think really adds to being able to like listen to that intuition. If I think back on the, on the times when I didn't trust my intuition, like many times in this house build. And I think it's a combination of um, our life of living in a, in a really, really small space with five of us um, during COVID and having three young children. um, There's definitely like, I get, more enclosed in this little box and I have, I have a harder time seeing perspective and having perspective on the situation. Um, I think it's also the last year and a half we've had, uh, in this pandemic, which has also been harder to get out of, um, that mindset, but it's definitely when I don't allow myself the perspective of like, like, is this the worst thing if this doesn't work out? No, like picking a paint color for my house. If it doesn't work out, we can repaint. But, you know, when you're inside this tunnel, it's hard to get perspective on uh, and listen to the voices because you just hear doubt in yourself.
1: Totally. And I find I always refer to that space where you've kind of lost perspective or you're going into a spiral of either indecision or kind of just getting in a space where things don't feel clear as a time where you almost need to interrupt the pattern that you're in. And that I would say is probably one of the greatest skills I've learned over the course of the last year is starting to recognize when I'm in a pattern that isn't serving me. And I'm just kind of repeating it, trying the same thing to try to get to a solution. But you're, you know, that's the definition of crazy, trying the same thing Mm. and trying to a different result. And sometimes it's subtle things like actually even just leaving the physical space that I'm in. Or, um, like for me, it's movement, but I find sometimes it's just like, that's what you need to, to interrupt the pattern and introduce a new, a new perspective. And somehow, because the way you look at things change, the the things you're looking at change. And it's amazing how, as you start Mm -hmm. to cultivate that skill and that recognition and that trust relationship with yourself, that you can start to do that. So this brings me to my next question and You may have touched on it a little bit already, but I'm curious in your, in your career, what has been one of the greatest growth moments, or even in your personal life, if it's influenced your career as an entrepreneur, is there something that stands out for you that was, you know, an an, an incredible challenge that you had to overcome or just something where you really had to grow to step into who you are and how you want to be? Ooh,
0: you know what? I don't, I don't know if there is one big moment. Uh, I think that every time I go, every time I work, I am met with a new challenge. Like, I feel like I'm still in so many ways, like, um, in that learning extreme learning curve where like I, I am literally learning something every time I pick up my camera or I work with a client or work with a new personality or take on a project that I haven't done before or go to a new space. Like, uh, I, I think one of the biggest growth moments in general was starting to listen to, like, my intuition of, like, why I was doing this, like generally for like my life in this business, but there's there hasn't been like a huge lesson. Um or maybe it's currently happening. And I just am not on the other side of it yet. <laughs> it out. I, I think that's probably what's happening next time I, from now I'll have a good answer to that because I'm probably going through it because there's a lot of growing pains right now for me. Uh And so I'm probably in one of those stages.
1: Yeah, no. And sometimes I I think it's not a single moment that stands out, but it's, you know, a theme or just, you know, even, uh, like a persistent thing that continues to come up that you kind of have to overcome before it keeps coming up. Let me reframe it and ask it a slightly different way. And it's also a different question, I guess, but I think it's, it's one that I like to ask all entrepreneurs and it's, as the, as a version of yourself now, that's where you're at, what would you say to the version of you who is a very different person, uh, in some ways and who you are now, when you are first starting, if you could give yourself some advice, what would that have looked like? Oh,
0: I feel like I could even give myself some of this advice now to remind myself, <laughs> um, to stay in my own lane and to focus on what i do and how i do it um for a long time i saw comparing myself to other people uh in the industry and other entrepreneurs as like it was growth or like motivation or um i wasn't looking at it like a comparison like i was trying to be better than them but that's really what it was bringing out was like well why am I not there yet or why can't I do that that way um and I was focusing a lot of my energy on what I couldn't do and so I I and still now I remind myself of that a lot a lot but staying in my own lane and and worrying about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and my own growth and my own clients because um it's it's just you you can't control what other people are doing. And it's hard of that's a super hard thing for me to just let go of the control and just um just do just do me. So that's definitely
1: one thing I would tell my twenty-five year old self. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Uh yeah, just do you, stay in your own lane because real success is not about anybody else's success um and i think that a lot of times people learn that the hard way because they get the thing that the other person had that they were comparing themselves to and they realize that it actually doesn't move the dial on their own fulfillment or their own um, happiness and mm-hmm. so if we could all just learn that a little bit sooner, that comparison is the thief of joy and that what we have to offer is unique to us. And you're just robbing yourself of that creative expression while you're near putting your, your success or your, your target somewhere outside of yourself. Uh, so that mm-hmm. is a lovely segue into my next question, which is, what this podcast is all about in some ways which is what does living intentionally look like for you and how are you actively cultivating that and you know sometimes i frame that as like what would an abundant life look like or what would you know a rich and i'm not talking necessarily related to money but like richness that feeds your soul like what does that look like and how are you working towards it
0: yeah i was actually just going to say at the end of that what we were just talking about was that I would also say to my younger self, get clear on why you're doing what you're doing or what your intention is, because there's been many times where something great has happened to me um, or like, you know, uh, I get not like this is the be all and end all, but like a photo is reshared or reposted to a big account and i get uh you know i start creating these new relationships online with photographers that i respect and that i look up to you know like in the industry but my intention wasn't like my my intention wasn't in the right place so it doesn't feel like good like it doesn't feel like a reward almost you know or it doesn't feel like i earned it um so that's something i'm like I think that intention is purpose. Um, I think that it is planning. I think for me, it's the energy that I want to put out into the world or put into myself that I also want to receive. Um, And I also think that getting clear on my own intentions brings makes the like the big moments that I've worked hard for um feel so much more successful. So, like I've thought a lot about what is success. Like you know, we're taught our generation and the generations before are taught like, you know, wealth and a good job. Um, but for me, like when we talk about it with our kids, like success isn't necessarily something tangible. And it's like really hard for me to wrap my mind around that still, even though I think about it often, it's more of a feeling, um, of like joy or happiness or accomplishment. And so I think really getting my intention clear on why I'm doing something and what its purpose is, um, then just makes everything just kind of fall into line it makes those like those big moments when you really want like when you've accomplished something so that you're you can actually celebrate them and like feel that success without feeling uh guilt or like it's not authentic because that's the hardest part for me is when like I achieve something and then I don't feel authentic like receiving it like I'm like you know that's did I deserve that like Maybe my intention wasn't in the right place. So now I don't feel like I actually deserve that, what I'm receiving, you know, does
1: that am I I on a tangent there? Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I was thinking about how I'd frame that in my own context too. But I think that that piece about authenticity, when you're not feeling that you're in your authenticity, and so you're achieving in a lane that's outside of, you know, who you really are. It's like, that's great, but it kind of feels icky because it's outside of who you are, what you want to be. And so it's pulling away from those other things. And it's hard. I think a lot of people get caught there because especially when it's the sort of the shiny sort of success that's easily recognized, you feel Mm -hmm. like it's easy to internalize. Well, no, you should like this. Why aren't you liking this? And then Mm -hmm. you can get into this pattern of, okay, well, I'll just do a little bit more and a little bit more, because this is what I should be chasing and why am I not liking it. Mm -hmm. And so to already have that insight into yourself, that it's outside of your authenticity is just huge. And to be, you know, at this stage in your career and already aware of that, like the potential for how you're going to cultivate a life with intention is just massive and exciting. And I know that as soon as your house is fully built, it's going to feel so much easier (laughs) when you're not living in 500 square feet with, with five humans and a dog, um, it's all going to feel so much better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's, that's been a learning, uh, growth experience for sure. Um, yeah, I think that intention is like, it's really it's on my mind a lot and why I do the things I do um, I think it's super important and it makes a big difference in the quality of our life mm-hmm. I also don't think it's like an easy task right like it's not easy to just say like I am my intention is to live more simply like living simply is a hard thing to do to get there. Right. Like to have less things and less stuff and like consciously not be buying those, you know, that those new pair of shoes or that new outfit for your kid when they have 27 outfits, you know, like it is, a, it is a, it is a challenge to live with intention. Like it, in a lot of ways, it would be so much easier, uh, in the short period to just be like, whatever, you know, like, um, but I, I, one of, one of my fears is like not being present enough. And I think when I lose track of like what my intentions are, um, and what those mean to me, like that's when, that's when like my, my fear gets up, like out of more out of control because I feel like I, um, yeah, I'm not being like true to what I want and what's actually really important to me.
1: mm mm-hmm yeah i think the subject of intention is such a massive one and part of it is as you know is that i've had my own exploration of what that actually means and in that pursuit one of the things i realized is that a we aren't asked that ever and so it's not something we've practiced or cultivated necessarily unless we've been really lucky from a young age Uh, in fact i think it's quite the opposite there's sort of this expectation around what those things look like what success looks like and not asking for too much even and so it's so to take that back and turn the tables and say like no, i'm going to take responsibility for what that actually means for me and it might be very different from what society says it should look like and i think the big piece with intention is that if you've spent a life well there's a number of things but if you've spent an entire life not asking yourself that question, but being told and programmed other things, that then to start to to look at that and to start to try to answer it is actually a really daunting task. And you have to start to unfold yourself from like the me, from the we, from all of those things and actually getting clear on what that looks like is hard. And I think a lot of us start really small because it feels safe and we're actually afraid to own truly what living intention would look like for us because it feels too big or too greedy. Um, And for sure. And I think that's one of the things that I want to continue to challenge even with this podcast is to, to like completely break that fucking paradigm that there is something that's too much for anyone. If it's not hurting anyone, you're only bringing everybody up around you the, the more you're living in alignment with your intention. So I think it's it takes practice. But the other side of it is that it actually takes, to your point, responsibility. Because like getting clear is one thing, being brave enough to own whatever it is, is another thing. But then actually taking the responsibility to take meaningful action and own it and it takes courage because you're stepping into your authenticity. So I think it's one of the biggest things that I have probably undertaken in my own life. And it's, it's not like you do it once and you're done. It's an active, it's an active thing. And it's the, it's the aggregate of a thousand tiny decisions over the course of a day, every day, all the time. Totally. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> It's exhausting. And I think it does get easier as you get clearer and you start to get into a flow and you start having less situations where either you're confronted with things that challenge your intention because you're starting to cultivate a life that's more in alignment and, or you become more confident and strong in the ability to, to say no, or to stand up to those things where it doesn't drain your energy so much. But at first, Mm -hmm. like that threshold of shift from you know, habituating to whatever the norm is, or it's much easier just to sort of fall into a pattern that's given. But then it's like, am I living the life that I chose or am I living the life that I've fallen into? Mm -hmm. And that initial piece is insanely hard. So I think you're one of the people that I look to that I think does a really good job of it. And I know you're very conscious about it. And I'm really grateful that you're willing to come on and speak so candidly about it. Cause I think a lot of people think about this, but are afraid to admit it, or if they want to talk about it, they feel like they need to have their shit so much more together. So to be candid and vulnerable in this way is so helpful.
0: Yeah, um, I
1: don't have my shit together at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you do. Like, but- like you said a thousand times a day. Like you know, like one of my intentions is to be very respectful to my kids, um, to treat my kids like like I would want to be treated now not like they are children to just be told what to do because I do think you know they have their own emotions their own feelings and as hard and sometimes ridiculous as those things are those things are so true to them and um you know I've had this conversation with people in older generations and you know sometimes there's some eye rolling like oh good luck like that's not going to help you when she's 14 kind of thing but I f- I do believe that if my intention is to just off my oldest daughter respect when she's having really big feelings about something that I do think is a bit over the top if I just respect her through that um I don't have to give up my boundaries and I don't have to give her what she wants but I can be respectful to her feelings um then, and and so my point is that that intention to be respectful to my kids, to my kids and their emotions and their feelings and validate them is something I have to work on all the time. <laughs> because when someone is screaming at me for not cutting the cherries to the right dimension, uh it's really hard to just really validate their feelings for that and not just be like, you're getting what you're getting, you know. So uh yeah, it's I'm, I have not arrived, but I have not reached enlightenment yet. But when I
1: do, I I'll will come tell back you, and I will watch the podcast and <laughs> yeah. share it with everybody so we can all follow you towards enlightenment. <laughs> um, so, what do you do? So, and I think a lot of our, especially as women, our tendency is to work towards. And it, it's, it's part of it is for us because it helps us feel good about who we want to be and how we want to show up in terms of our intentions. But a lot of what you've already referenced is all about things outside of you for other people. How do you, because I think this is one of the greatest challenges that we all face, how do you create that balance for yourself? And I'm not even talking about like the conventional things, but like, how do you ensure that you have the boundaries and you have the energy and you can take care of yourself and who you are so that you can continue to have the energy for those other things.
0: Well, that is uh, something I'm also still working on. (laughs) (laughs) So my biggest saving grace or my biggest I wanna say treat to myself because it shouldn't be a treat, it should just be a thing I do, is um, that my emotions like need motion. And it's something like if I can get moving um, and by no means like I am not the cardio um, fiend that you are, I can't run mountains like you, but like even just walking around the block, um, getting that fresh air, trying to get perspective on a situation, Those are, it's amazing what that can do for my mental health. Um, You know, just walking the dog around the block. Um, I'm also an extrovert. So the time to connect with friends, even though I have such little amount of time right now with business and house and three young children, but that is something that really energizes me and something that I've really had to give myself permission to have like I definitely went through a phase where I felt guilty like wanting to be away from my kids like wanting to get together with girlfriends without children because like your children are the same age as my children they're friends Mm -hmm. um like being okay with just being like you know what I want to do something without my kids and that's okay too so um yeah just allowing myself to have things that like I want um that like Lacey as a person, not Lacey, like as a mom
1: Mm -hmm.
0: wants and is allowed to have. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I, can I offer something that I really admire about you too, that maybe you don't recognize. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, So one of the things that I think that you do so well, that probably many people admire and recognize in you, but perhaps you don't know, because it's just so innate to who you are, is that I think you honor your feelings. I don't feel like you necessarily hold them in. Like, I think you process them and analyze them a lot, but you work through them and you do it in your relationships with friends. You do it in your relationship with your husband and you value yourself enough to value that whatever you're feeling is something that deserves to be recognized and processed and worked through. And I think that that is massive because that's sort of the, that's the daily maintenance that is recognizing that who you are and where you're at deserves attention um, and recognition and processing. And in how you interact with people, I think it's one of the greatest kindnesses that you offer is that you will work through the stuff so that you can continue to have the authentic, real relationship and you don't hold things back which I love about you. And and I think that I I honestly say that I think honesty and authenticity is one of the greatest kindnesses we can offer. Even sometimes when that honesty is hard, because you care enough about a person to say, I'm not just going to pull away or have a less strong connection with them because there's this thing that's come between us. You process it and you work through it. And you were so active in that. And we all have, you know, the challenges that come up in in different aspects and relationships. And I think you model that really, really well. And I wanted to highlight that because I think it's something that we can all work on to do better. And I think you naturally are very skilled at it. Well,
0: thank you. I did not recognize that as a superpower. Um, If anything, I probably have been told too many a lot of times from a young age that uh I am too emotional or um speaking you know telling people uh my tact with how I do, how I tell people how I'm feeling needs some work um and that's <laughs> definitely you're right I do I do like to work. <laughs> I do like to talk about my feelings and um I just really it's a testament to my to my husband and my marriage is that um, we from the very beginning and this like I don't like I didn't intentionally go into this relationship thinking like I'm doing going to do something different but we've just always talked through everything and I think that's Sean really he's very non-reactive and he just he needs a space when he's feeling things and then we just talk things through and he's really shown me that, like, you can have a really hard, difficult conversation. And it doesn't mean that you're going to love the person any less, you know, like, as long as you're still being respectful, like he said that to me right from the beginning, he's like, I always want you to be you. Like, if you need to go out on the dance floor, and like, you know, drop it down low with your girlfriends and get crazy and go get shot spot for you. And, you know, you know, in my, in our bar days, um, currently not our current days, but, um, he's like, that is, if that's, if you want to do that, fine, just always be respectful. And I think that's like, he's really showing me that, that as long as you're coming from like a place of kindness, um, or like what your intention is, like that you really, truly need to tell this person this, but like, you still love them and still care for them. And you really do want to work through it, then. It needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm just like I'm an open book. So if I'm upset about something, I can't. I it will be so obvious. You'd be it's like, obvious. "What's wrong with your face?" Like, <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> I, I love that, and I love that. You know that I believe the same thing. Like feelings and experiences are not mutually ex- exclusive. You can be upset with someone and love them ferociously at the same time. And I think starting to create safety for for multiple experiences at the same time, or multiple emotional experiences of the same experience, um, create safety and allows people to, to step into things differently than perhaps we have in the past.
0: Yeah. Confrontation doesn't need to be, uh, an unsafe thing. And it, I think that like realizing that, like you can have confrontation with somebody, um, and it doesn't have to be unsafe. Like it can be healthy, but, um, like confrontation is actually normal and it's actually healthy and mm-hmm. um, it it actually deepens and strengthens your relationship. I think if it's done from
1: a place of respect. Totally, I think respect is key in it. Oh my gosh, I feel like I actually learned a lot about you today. Uh, <laughs> I feel so much closer to you.
0: We yeah, actually had a conversation without being interrupted by a little human.
1: I think that's what it is. This is the first time we've talked for an hour without being interrupted 17,000 times like the last seven years. So Lacey, one of the things I always love to ask people, um, and it's partially selfish because I creep a list, but is there a book that stands out for you that has just been one of those things that has been transformative or you just loved that you would recommend? Uh can I say Harry Potter? No. You can say (laughs) Harry Potter.
0: (laughs) I I say that like mostly as a joke, but also half not as a joke because I'm reading it right now with Avery, my seven-year-old. And in this, like we read it almost every night. We're on book six. And like I haven't read a book like that since I was like 13 or 14 or 15, you know, like I haven't actually let myself read something that is magical and make-believe and you know like gotta read something that I'm gonna learn something about so in a lot of ways it's been really really amazing to read the Harry Potter series with her and just like and even sneak and read it sometimes she's not listening to this so she won't know when she's sleeping because I'm just like so excited to find out what happens um but from more of a, a I love it I love um, that. for more of a mindset uh, si- mindset shift. Um, I absolutely love the power of vulnerability from Brené Brown. Um, I it is a book that I like re-listen to an audio. I listen to it on audiobook, like, and I will just like pick a random chapter and re-listen to it all the time because there's just like I feel like every single chapter, I'm like. Feel like Brenna is sitting in my living room and she is just like calling me out, but like in a very nice way. Like, I know you do this, I do this too, and this is why you do this. And this is how we're going to work through it, kind of thing. So,
1: yeah, I feel, I feel like highly I really recommend it if you uh, haven't already listened to it. Is like that woman that's in all of our living rooms, and thank God she is. <laughs> she is so good. I cannot wait till she's on your podcast. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll work on manifesting that. Mark Renee Brown, this is the day that we started to work towards the manifestation to have you on the Flourish podcast. Putting it out there, putting it out there. We'll get her a pink house coat. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't come on if we got them, like, especially the house coat? I'm wearing a pink house coat. I loved it until I saw Lacey's pink house coat, which has a hood and is a lot fluffier. Um, (laughs) Lacey, how can people get a hold of you or follow you? What is the best way? Uh, I guess on my socials, I'm Lacey McLaughlin photography.
0: Uh, if you can spell McLaughlin, which there's about seven different ways. So, uh, or my website, www.lacymclaughlin.ca.
1: I'll link those both in the show notes so that you will know how 16? to spell it. I was going to say, help, help your, help the people out. Yeah. With the spelling. Yes, definitely go follow Lacey if you want to see beautiful, beautiful, beautiful images. Um, And I think that, Lacey, you've got so much cool stuff that you're going to do into the future. And you're someone who people should definitely watch in terms of just getting inspiration or if they just want to see beautiful things. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and just being so vulnerable. And uh, <laughs> thanks for being my friend and coming. I just love you so much.
0: Thank you for having
1: me. I love you too. Mine, I'm
0: gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine.